Welcome to the Cardo Martin podcast, building surveying for professionals, giving you a detailed and technical view of the world of building surveying. This will be our first podcast in 2020 AC, that's after COVID-19. Things have changed to the way we live and the way we work. And despite the clear facts that the paradigm shift has occurred, our buildings still need repair and preventative maintenance. Leaks still need to be fixed, and the human remains at the heart of our built environment. Keep safe and best wishes to you and your family and community from all at Cardo Martin as you join us once again for a journey through time and materials as we investigate the world of commercial building surveys. Now, in this episode, we've managed to draw back a regular guest onto the show. So please give a warm welcome to Cardo Martin's chairperson, Graham Cardo. Welcome, Graham. It's good to have you back on again. Thank you. It's a pleasure. What I'd like to do first is just tell us a little bit about what you've been up to during the lockdown we are all experiencing at the moment. Well, obviously, it's been a challenging time for, for everyone. And most of my communications have been uh, by telephone. Uh, or over the internet. But I've been able to keep in touch with the team and obviously be on hand as chairman to, to deal with technical or other queries that arise. And I've continued with my ABC training of two of our surveyors, which has progressed well. And so I've adapted to the, the changes and, uh, and so have my colleagues. So far, so good. Turning to the questions. So I'm interested to understand, what is a commercial building survey? Commercial building survey is a detailed inspection of a building, usually by a building surveyor. And typical buildings would include uh, offices, warehouses, factories, hotels, shops and shopping centres. And the inspection covers the structure of the building and external areas, including roofs, walls, cladding, drainage, car park loading areas. And the inspection would also extend to internal areas, ceilings, walls, floors and services installations. And the findings following the inspection are incorporated into a written report with recommendations. And the report also includes results of quite a few investigations, such as local authority inquiries to establish that there is planning and building regulations consent, and the results of specialist testing, for instance, for asbestos and harmful concrete additives. Technical information about the building would also be included, such as floor loading capacity, which is important, particularly to certain types of tenants. Specialist reports upon contamination of the site and reports on services installation such as air conditioning and lifts and also guarantees and warranties. There may be guarantees for underpinning or piling or damp proofing and tanking and also warranties from the design team and the contractor that actually designed and built the original building. So just thinking about the actual floor load. So I remember a job I did maybe five, six years ago, and there was a, it was a Danny Canary Wharf and there was a, it was a fire safe. And there were several of these things in this kind of random admin room. And from what I understand from people who'd been there a while is that they'd had to reinforce the floor of this office block at great expense um, in order to take the weight of the fire safe. Is that what you mean by floor loads? Well, in, in a simple way, yes. Uh, I mean, obviously, if there are large point loads on an office floor, you'd need to take steps to reinforce the floor. But for instance, in a, in a warehouse or a factory, you know, an industrial company may, may be looking to bring in heavy items of plant and engineer would be required to design the supports for that plant before they could be sure they could take to that building. And it's that kind of thing that's important. But also in warehouses, the range of tenants that would take a warehouse would be reduced if the floor loading capacity wasn't adequate and particularly in older warehouses they're not capable of sustaining the floor loadings necessary for heavy racking and, and loading so it, it's, it's an important area to cover in any building survey. 
Is there like a crossover then? Would you? I'm, I'm guessing if you were an 18th century grain warehouse in the centre of London, then I could understand. Is there a cutoff saying like 1960s, 1970s? That's when the standard really came into it, and you can expect if you were to get a property that you'd be okay with that sort of age, or is it really much the newer stuff? Partly the older properties tend to have inferior loadings, you're right, going back to the 60s. But also the the loading capacity of the ground is relevant. So certain types of ground will will be capable of taking higher loadings than other types. And obviously the ground bearing capacity can be improved by piling and other structural solutions. But those solutions have not always been adopted in certain properties. So it's an important area to investigate and establish. And often it has to be done because there's no historical record by a, a structural engineer who takes a core sample to establish the depth of the slab and uh, what reinforcement is present so that okay, uh, an assessment of loading can be given. Moving on, though, so what is the difference between a residential and a commercial building survey? I've had one on the house done before, as people will know who've listened in previous uh, recordings. But if I've got a commercial building now, what, what am I likely to see that's different? Is there a behavioural difference? Notes, survey results are different? Well, obviously, a residential survey would just cover properties that people live in, flats, houses and care homes. A commercial survey would cover buildings used for commercial purposes, like the the ones we just mentioned, warehouses, factories, offices and the like. And I, I think I've just run through the sort of information that that you'd require from a, a commercial building survey in terms of not just the condition of the building, but also the, the technical uh, information regarding the building. So I think a survey on a commercial building is, is more complex. There's a lot more detail involved, whereas a, a residential survey would, would focus predominantly on the condition of the structure and the external internal finishes and the like. Okay, that's really interesting. So when would I need to get one then? With this commercial building survey on, on my commercial unit, say my heavy plant. Yeah. In, I mean, there are several situations where you, you'd need a, a commercial survey. So when purchasing a building, either as an ocu- owner-occupier or as an investor, such as a pension fund, when taking a lease of a building, especially a lease where you have a full repairing liability, also, when disposing a building, so it's important to gather information and documentation and also be in readiness to respond to any purchasers' inquiries or queries regarding the building. There may be historical construction aspects of the building that may be queried by a purchaser's surveyor, and it's, it's important to have the paperwork and the responses ready for that sort of situation. It's also possible to require a, a, a survey after a commercial survey after acquisition, because defects often become evident after acquisition or shortly after construction is completed and before the building has had the t- uh, time to stand the test of time. Yeah. So a building surveyor would, would advise upon cause, the liability, the solutions and the cost of resolving those sort of problems after construction was completed. So it sounds like to be a commercial building surveyor is much more complex than to be a residential building surveyor. But are there any other specialists that are needed to carry out a comprehensive commercial survey? And why are they involved and what sort of things do they do? Well, the need for a specialist in in commercial building surveys is influenced by the complexity of the building and and the client's requirements. So I think a lot of commercial buildings are far more complex than domestic or residential buildings. And so it's a different skill set that's needed really by building surveyors. For instance, a manufacturing company may wish to install heavy plants, as we've just discussed, and an engineer's advice may be required. 
a previous industrial user may have contaminated the, the site around a building due to the processes that they've been undertaking and testing and advice could be required for an environmental consultant. There may be concerns regarding the adequacy and lifespan of the services installation, such as electrical, mechanical, uh, lifts and air conditioning plants. An incoming um, industrial user may be concerned about the adequacy of the electrical supply to a property to serve all their uh, machinery, etc. So it's possible to obtain specialist advice upon many aspects of a building. It's a similar principle to going to your GP who may refer you to a specialist for a detailed assessment of a specific problem. Moving on from that then, what is covered within these different types of commercial surveys? So I'm thinking acquisition, occupiers, vendors, those sort of things. Okay, well let, let's consider owner-occupiers first. The purchase is usually partly for investment, for possibly a private pension fund, but an owner-occupier is also considered concerned that the property is fit for purpose and it can be occupied safely and legally. So they're concerned about state of repair, possibly that the roof doesn't leak, but they're also concerned about the property being safe in terms of means of escape, flooding risk, asbestos, local authority consents that are in place. So they're the main concerns that owner-occupiers would have. Another type of purchaser would be a pension fund. Now, pension funds typically purchase freehold properties subject to a tenant occupying and paying rent and being responsible for repair, and that's known as a full repairing liability. And pension funds typically are concerned with matters that affect the investment value and saleability of the property, and they usually have a checklist of minimum requirements. Now, uh, we've already talked about floor loadings, but obviously that, that's important from a pension fund's point of view because if a property has inferior floor loadings, then it may restrict the range of users that could occupy the property particularly warehouse and heavy storage uh, type yeah, users that um, makes sense yeah and then yeah, the market um, the market's narrow so you can charge less i guess or or if it's a bit yeah, too niche then you've yeah. got to try harder to locate the right tenant that's right they'd also be concerned about possible presence of flammable thermal insulation which can make properties uninsurable unless they're approved by the loss prevention council um, there may also be harmful materials in the construction, concrete additives and the like, uh, which can affect the, the value and saleability of the investment. And although, as I've said, a lot of pension funds would expect the properties to be occupied by tenants on a full repairing basis, they are nevertheless concerned about the state of repair because the tenant may go out of business and leave them with the bill and they can't relet the property until the property's been put into a reasonable state of repair. Pension funds are also keen to establish that the property is in compliance with planning, building regulations, listed building consents and free from site contamination. And another key area uh, that the pension funds look for are design team warranties from the original design team and control contractor for the building so that they have some protection in terms of negligence you know by those companies at time of construction a pension fund would also be keen to establish that there were warranties from the design team for the original uh, construction of the project which they could rely on despite them not being an original party in the in the construction project and a building surveyor would highlight all of these issues for the client Another type of situation where you would require a commercial building survey is when a vendor is looking to dispose of a property 
information needs to be gathered to ensure a smooth sale. So documentation and consents and test certificates, guarantees, etc. all need to be obtained. And obviously, if there are any construction or repair issues outstanding with a building that a client owns, it's important to get professional advice on them because they'll probably come up as queries as part of the uh, of the purchasing process. And I, I remember being involved in a situation. It was a survey of a retail warehouse and I was acting for a purchaser. It was part of a bigger portfolio and there was a lot of cracking to the floor of the warehouse, which obviously raised concerns in my mind. But it took several weeks for the, the vendor to get the information out of archives. And it, we did resolve the situation, but very interestingly, some money was paid to the tenant who was in occupation to put this defect right, and it was never undertaken. So that created another problem to be negotiated between the parties, which was eventually done. But it's an example of how problems like that, unless they're addressed, can cause a delay to uh, a deal. Forewarned is forearmed, basically, uh, in that situation is, is, is the key. Another type of building uh, survey, which is very relevant for commercial tenants, is, is a survey for lessees, particularly where they're taking on a full repairing lease. And it's incredible how many uh, commercial tenants don't realise that they will, will be liable for repairs which were present at the start of their lease uh, because uh, the definition of repair generally includes an obligation to put in repair and there are ways of limiting this liability. So there's a useful role there to be played by commercial billing surveyors in terms of advising lessees in that situation. Excellent. Thank you, Graham. So next question then is one quite interesting for me. I want to buy a commercial building and the vendor has already had a survey completed. Do I really need my own survey? This kind of sounds like I'm going to buy a car and the car's been down to a proper garage and to be assessed prior to me buying it, or is it being done by the bloke's mate? And therefore, am I going to have to do my own to just make sure it's been done properly? What are your thoughts? Well, I think the first thing you have to establish there is what was the purpose of the vendor's survey? An acquisition, a pre-acquisition survey? In which case, is it out of date? And if it is out of date, then a reinspection will be required and there'll be a fee uh, chargeable for that reinspection. If it was a, a vendor's survey to facilitate a sale, then the, the survey will be biased towards sale rather than acquisition. So uh, you, it's important to remember the person who pays the piper calls the tune. So the, the nature of the instruction to the surveyor is key. So I would expect to want to see the letter of appointment setting out the brief to that surveyor. It's also important to establish liability, which would then need to be extended formally to the new purchaser. And the adequacy of the surveyor's insurance is also important. So in summary, it's possible to use a previous survey in some situations, but there are more potential pitfalls and advantages and instructing your own billing surveyor is, is the safest option. It would seem to me is that there might, maybe there's a service that perhaps other building surveying companies will provide that do a review of everything that you've mentioned from the insurances through to the letter of appointment. Um, because as, as a, an average possible owner of this commercial building, it's unlikely I'm going to understand the nuances of a appointment letter and certainly the insurances as well. So is that something building surveyors will provide, that kind of review facility? 
Yes, I'm sure they would. Um, I think uh, rather than allowing the client just to, to muddle the way through, I would certainly advise a billing surveyor appointed to, to, to comment on the adequacy of you know any, any documentation of that type that the vendor produces. So, Graham, thanks for that. These all sound rather complicated and I'm in a bit of a hurry. How long does it take to get a commercial survey? Well, let's just take a step back from that. Uh, I mean, I, I used to do a lot of, of survey for survey work for an international record company, and they were they were acquiring smaller record labels, which included their property assets. And the company secretary said to me once, "Graham, your survey don't cost me anything. In fact, they always save me money because I can renegotiate terms and and and, and the sale price, etc." That's an example of the importance of getting a survey and how for that client, he didn't feel it really cost him anything. In terms of timing, the building surveying uh, survey and report are generally completed well before the lawyers are ready to exchange. But don't instruct a surveyor two days before you're due to exchange, which unfortunately some clients do. And that just puts the whole process under too much press. Lovely. Thank you. So what are the risks if I don't get a commercial survey before selling? taking a lease or perhaps purchasing a commercial property? Well, in the worst case, you won't be able to sell or, or occupy the property. I mean, I was involved in a situation where this has happened, where an entire floor of offices had to remain vacant because the legal agreement with an adjoining property allowing a secondary means of escape into the property had expired and the property could become unsaleable or only saleable at a significantly reduced price due to non-compliance. There could be harmful construction materials or construction defects present or items of disrepair. And uh, the risk to leaseholders is that they take on a lot of repairing liability at the start of the lease. And, and, and obviously that puts them under considerable financial pressure uh, as the lease expires. So there's quite a few points you've just made there. Which one would you say in your experience is the most severe? What have you come across the most that has posed problems either financially or risk management-wise, I suppose, to a business organisation? Well, they, I mean, all of those factors can, can, be, can be pretty serious to a company. I mean, if, if they, they, they take a, a lease on a building and they can't occupy it, I mean, that, that, that's, that's pretty serious stuff. And... I mean, I, I've been involved in various end-of-lease dilapidations claims for significant sums of money where, where the, the, the tenant has been concerned about being unable to, to cope with the, with the claim. And uh, fortunately, we've managed to negotiate a, a satisfactory settlement, but the initial claim can come as quite a shock. And so uh, I, th I think, you know, to be, to be prepared for all of these issues prior to committing to uh, either purchasing a building or taking a lease is so important. And, you know, we go back to the record company, company secretary saying, saying you know, your surveys don't cost us any money, Graham. And there's so many times that, that you can save the client money or they can alter the way that they're proceeding with a deal um, to take account of, of, of what you've found. And so it, it, it's a key area of advice that I, I would recommend all commercial uh, tenants and, and, and owners uh, um, take heed of. Lovely. Thanks, Graham. So you've you sold me on the the commercial building survey. I'm going to get one, but how do I go about actually getting one booked up? Well, chartered building surveyors with experience of undertaking commercial surveys, 
that, that those are the individuals you need to approach. Carter Martin, the company I'm chairman of, would be pleased to assist and provide quotes for any building surveys of commercial and any other property. Lovely. Thanks, Graham. So you've been tuned into Cardo Martin's Building Surveying for Professionals podcast. Thanks for listening. And thank you very much to Graham Cardo for joining us today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And for sharing all your experience and knowledge all about commercial building surveys. Cheers, Graham.